0: We believe the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a restoration of the original Church established
1: by Jesus Christ, which was built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the
0: chief cornerstone. We declare to the world that the fullness of the gospel has been restored to the earth. We declare with boldness that the keys of the priesthood have been restored to man. We declare to the world that this is the day referred to by biblical prophets as the latter days. It is the final time before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to rule and reign on the earth. Okay, Doctrine and Covenants 111 through 114. There is a couple of really short things in here. Uh, short sections but it's kind of interesting as far as this one goes this lesson in the sunday school manual it kind of has the different headings and stuff and one of the first ones is from quotes from section 111 the lord can order all things for our good and it's kind of talking about how joseph has concerns about zion and he the lord kind of gives counsel and comfort through section 111 um and it invites, you know, it says members of your class may have had experiences like Joseph when they felt the Lord accepted them despite their follies. How do their experiences exemplify the truths taught in Doctrine and Covenants 111? For instance, when have they felt the Lord ordered all things for their good? What do these experiences teach them about the Savior and about themselves? I think a lot of times we we picture, when we talk about the church, we talk about the gospel. It's like um, we know some of the things that we're we're supposed to do. It's kind of like a checklist of, you know ordinances or experiences that we're supposed to have. Um, other times it feels like well, I go to church on Sunday and I do what I'm supposed to do there and I fulfill my calling and da da da. and we we neglect to really identify the personal nature of the gospel and the personal relationship that we should have with the Savior. that all of those things are great. Having a calling is great and checking, you know doing those different ordinances of baptism and the endowment and all that is great. But it's kind of meaningless if you don't have, if you're not trying to cultivate a personal relationship with the Savior and understand how the atonement works for you. And really, what I got from section 111 is pretty much that that we need to start fortifying our our relationship with the Savior in terms of the atonement and what it is that we have in our lives, what challenges we've been given, what blessings we've been given, and how that's directly tied to us as individuals. It's it's just interesting because a lot of times I think our, our tendency is to kind of look at it as this is something I do, not this is who I am, or something that that I am. I
1: thought it was interesting how the Lord, in verse five and verse six, where he told the prophet, "Concern not yourself about your debts, for I will give you power to pay them. Concern not yourself about Zion, for I will deal mercifully with her." Where, in I don't know, 110 other sections. It has been very strategic about do this with your debt, get this person to pay this. We need to build sign. We need to get this. And it feels like we've reached a point where the Lord is trying to share some balance, I feel, with the prophet and kind of saying, These things are you need to remember kind of like I don't know, don't don't overdo it. Don't let the concern and the worry drive you to insanity or to (laughs) or to inaction, you know. Because that's the only way I I interpret these these different counsels that have been given, because the church has, even in sometimes the Lord has said, "Hey, I'm not pleased that you left these matters unattended when you left. Send this individual back and have him tidy up the matters," you know, and and so it, there has to be a message here about you need to do the best you can and then leave things in the Lord's hand. And not to a point where you where you drown yourself in some of these problems. You know? mm-hmm. um, and w- and we hear about that where he says be anxiously engaged in a good cause, do good things of your own free will, be diligent so you win the reward. You know, but it's not needful that you run faster and you have strength. You know, th- th- you know those kind of things. Where, you know, and and for this situation, that's another thing. It could be that in this specific scenario, this is the right answer. You know, we're we're very fortunate that we have revelation you know uh, and right. revelation as we've seen is not always convenient you know, sometimes you could say oh you're not gonna pay your debts don't don't worry the lord told you not to pay that back that's very convenient mm-hmm. you know but there we just built a temple in to have it taken from us that was not convenient you know uh, so anyway
0: let's yeah, and then in section 112, it's kind of talking about, it's talking to Thomas B. Marsh, but um, it's talking about being being humble and that the Lord will call whoever it is that is willing to humbly follow. And that kind of goes hand in hand with that, I think. And Elder, Elder Cook, there's a quote in the Sunday School Manual from Elder Cook. He says, unfortunately, in our day, in almost every segment of society, we see self-importance and arrogance flaunted while humility and accountability to God are denigrated. Much of society has lost its moorings and does not understand why we are on this earth. True humility, which is essential to achieve the Lord's purpose for us, is seldom evident. It is important to understand the magnitude of Christ's humility, righteousness, character, and intelligence, as exemplified in the scriptures. It is foolish to underestimate the necessity of continuously striving for these Christ-like qualities and attributes on a day-by-day basis, particularly humility. On July 23, 1837, the prophet Joseph met with Elder Thomas B. Marsh, president of the Quorum of the Twelve. Elder Marsh was apparently frustrated that the prophet had called two members of his quorum to go to England without consulting him. As Joseph met with Elder Marsh, any hurt feelings were put aside, and the prophet received a remarkable revelation. It is now the 112th section of the Doctrine and Covenants. It gives incredible direction from heaven with respect to humility and missionary work. Verse 10 reads, Be thou humble, and the Lord thy God shall lead thee by the hand and give the answer to thy prayers. I think a lot of this Trusting that I've done everything I can, now I'm gonna leave it up to the Lord to do the rest. And also when the Lord asks me to do something, I'm going to do it, humbly do it, and humbly respond and be accountable for that commandment. Those things go hand in hand. If I'm not humbly following, I can't expect him to pick up the slack. You know, I can't expect him to be like, okay, you've I, I can clearly see you've done everything you can. Don't worry about the rest, I got it. If I'm not doing everything I can, right? <laughs> That's part of it, is are you doing everything you can? Are you being humble enough to follow and be obedient? and trying to strive for those Christ-like qualities. Um, It's just interesting to me that Thomas B. Marsh probably didn't go into that interaction super happy and pleased about what was happening, but it's clear that that they both came out of that feeling a lot better and feeling that, you know, we're on the right track. And yes, maybe he felt a little bit like he was undermined that two people were called without him being notified, but in the end it was like, okay, well, we're all in, it's all for a good purpose and we're all doing this for a good reason.
1: You know, I I think, you know, from where you started with Be That Humble, verse 10, all the way to maybe verse 20, he's giving him very kind (laughs) uh, encouragement, you know, and letting him know, oh, you know, hey, these are some of the issues that may arise. And then 13, uh, you know, and 12, you know, pray for thy brethren of the 12, admonish them sharply in my name, and let them be admonished for all their sins, and be ye faithful before me unto their names. And then, um, but that's, sorry, I read out of word. That's right before verse 11, when he says, be not partial towards them in love above many others. Let thy love be for them as, thou, as for thyself, and let thy love abound unto all men and unto all who love my name. So we know love comes before admonishment. And we think that we love somebody, we admonish them, therefore they'll correct their actions. But he says in 13, and after their temptations and much tribulation, behold, I, the Lord, will feel after them. And if they harden not their hearts and stiffen not their necks against me, they shall be converted and I will heal them. Meaning, and even after you do that, it's kind of up to them. You know, And I will continue to work with him. I'll continue to help them. But they may still harden their hearts. But if not, I will convert them and I will heal them. And then, you know, gird up your loins. Uh, 15, exalt not yourself. Rebel not against my servant Joseph. I've given the keys unto them. But he also says, thou art a man, in verse 16, thou art a man whom I have chosen to hold keys in my kingdom. And in 17, you know, you may be able to open the door when a lot of the times to grow the kingdom where Joseph and Sidney and Hiram cannot be, you know. Okay. So you're going to be an extension of them. And in 184, I lay the burdens of all churches, for I have laid the burden of all the churches for a little season on them. Therefore, you know, whither shall that go, go ye, and I will be with you. In whatsoever place you shall proclaim my name, an effectual door shall be opened unto you, that they may receive my word." Um, And whosoever receiveth my word receiveth me, and whosoever receiveth me receiveth those, The first presidency, whom I have sent, whom I have counselors for my name's sake. You know, this is very timely for our day, especially because, you know, we we are in a time where I feel like, I don't know why, I think it's true, but I think we're getting a lot more revelation (laughs) and instruction coming from our leaders than at any other time. And I think the Lord is increasing his counsel in a time when there are, increasing competing ideas that we're being bombarded with. And just like we've been told in the past, as Satan and his methods improve, so will the Lord and his influence uh grow. You know, but it's kind of like kind of like a radio, like what station are we gonna tune tune to? Because we can turn to one and be filled with a lot of despair and outrage and or we can turn to another one and be filled with a lot of gratitude. And hope, you know.
0: Well, yeah, it kind of gets a little bit, uh, (laughs) I don't know how to put it exactly. Uh, In in verse, let's see, 23, Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth, and gross darkness in the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house. Therefore see to it that you trouble not yourselves concerning the affairs of my church in this place, saith the Lord, but purify your hearts before me, and then go ye unto the world, preach my gospel unto every creature who has not received it. It's kind of interesting that he's saying, you know, that this this cleansing, this purification uh, starts— within his own house and goes outward from there and it says you know it starts with all those of you who have professed in on my name and have not known me and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house so it's basically saying we should be the example for the world we should try and be the example for the world of christ-like people and then we should go and share that with the world and help them become that way as well so that when the second coming happens or or whatever um We we can not be those people that have professed to know him and not known him. And also so that we can be not held accountable for not sharing the the knowledge that we have. Um, There's a couple of times in here, actually, it says, you know, there it said, go to the world. Earlier in the scripture you read uh, in verse 16, um, I've chosen, you're the man who I've chosen to hold the keys of my kingdom as pertaining to the 12 abroad among all nations. There's a lot of this concept of, I think that they're still thinking very locally, very Kirtland, very independence, very... Missouri, you know, (laughs) Uh, Missouri, (laughs) Idaho-ish. And the Lord's saying, yeah, that's where we are now, but the idea is that this is going to go everywhere. And so when it's talking to us where it has gone a lot of places, not everywhere yet, but it has gone a lot of places, the the charge is that we are responsible for sharing this with everyone, the whole world, all nations, whether they be our next-door neighbor or whether they be someone we're called to serve in who knows where. That's part of our charge is to continue to share this with everyone and so i I start to think well what is that what is that gospel message that we're wanting to share the atonement of jesus christ we want them you know so that we're not being among those group of people who profess to know his name and not known him what is it that we're sharing are we just kind of talking about dogma no we're talking about what is the true essence of jesus christ that we should be sharing with people and how are we exemplifying that to the people around us yeah
1: i if one is i thought we were going to get to the name of the church but that's like three sections ahead so i overlistened again <laughs> i was very excited about that but like you're saying they are only thinking very locally and it's not without fault because to think globally especially in their time with their yeah. technology is like you know like it'd be a huge miracle but i was at the church of jesus christ temples.org there's a section statistics you know, we have 168 temples, dedicated temples, 159 in operations, nine under renovations, 45 under constructions, and 52 announced. And then stakes, we have 3,490 stakes and 509 districts. Membership, we have 16.6 million. Uh, new children of record in 2020, 65,000. Convert baptisms during 2020, 125,000, you know. Uh, missions 405 full-time missionaries 51,000 church service missionaries 30,000 which is quite a bit yeah Um, it's kind of amazing because if you were to tell one of these members if we had a time machine we can go talk to one and be like hey look at my iphone (laughs) you want to listen to the prophet what he said last time not just read about it you want to listen to him and watch him you know it would be unbelievable you know uh garments You want to order some and have them to your house in like five days you know <laughs> and you want to, you want some that are comfortable and they're not like made out of like porcupine fur um <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know do you need a book of mormon would you like all the standard works in one book would you like them digitally you know would you like a magazine uh, the liahona that comes to your house every month you know all of these little things that it's like how does the church flood the earth with knowledge we're very blessed and technology is such a blessing, but we should not lose a little bit of the magic, you know, behind all of this, because um, just because we know how to use it doesn't mean it's not amazing, you know. Uh, and, and like everything, it can be just like that radio station, the technology given to us could be a great blessing to continue to develop our testimony and strengthen our church and, and surround our lives and in, in in good, wholesome, encouraging, hopeful things, or that same technology could be kind of like that scripture, you know, the world is dark, full of despair, no flesh is clean, you know, so what are we supposed to do? Why tell us that? You know, well, because you're supposed to be the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be the ones that set up a standard. You're supposed to look into that darkness and like be a light unto them, and people will gravitate to that goodness, you know? Uh, I think it's almost like um, most religion is in decline and has been in decline you know it's up for the church who continues to grow and build temples and there's just a blessing in the fact that uh it will never go out of style. people wanting to know who they are, why we're here, and what's the purpose of this life you know and just like I was telling my son the other day, the gospel is something that you can't know until you try it. You know, you, you can't, it's, it's almost, you can't investigate it from the outside. You have to investigate it from within. And its blessings are dependent on the Holy Ghost testifying to you, and the and the Holy Ghost searches your heart, you know? And so if you try with these things, if you treat them lightly, then they will be lightly. Then they will, they won't uh, quench your thirst or, or, or those things. But if you... If you do it with sincere, honest intent, it's like this quote on here that was really good by President, um, not President, but uh, Elder Suarez, where he says, um, The humble are teachable, recognizing how dependent they are on God and desiring to be subject to his will. The the humble are meek and have the ability to influence others to be the same.
0: Well, I, I, I think that, yeah, we are meant to be. The salt of the earth we are meant to take the, that light and knowledge to the world but i think also the warning there the underlying warning is don't just go out and say hey here's here's the truth and this is what you should know but also live it and that's what he means when he's saying there will be people among you that claim to know my name but don't know me and that is you know we can go and we can talk all we want about the gospel and you have to do this and attend the temple and you must be baptized with authority and we can talk about all of that we can teach people but are we living the gospel also? Are we being Christ-like in, and of our, in our own lives? Or are we just talking about, you know, the, the context of the gospel in the LDS church, right? Then it just becomes a church and it just becomes another church. If you're just talking about it in the context of here's what you have to do and we, you need to know this and this and this and this, well, then it could might as well just be a fan club, you know? Um, are you living a Christ-like life? Are you trying to exemplify those things that he taught? And are you applying that to then the gospel principles of baptism, repentance, um, the gift of the Holy Ghost and temple attendance and all of that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that humility, like we've been talking about, helps you live right next this is gonna sound weird, but it's it puts you right next to your faults. You know? You're able to see clearly what is wrong with you in other words. Like what's wrong with me? But it isn't deliberate, the, 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 rib- the, the, rib- the, the the, li- the what's That's the word I'm saying. Debilitating. Debilitating. It's not de- debilitating because when you trust the Lord, you know that you're working on that. And just like in conference, you know, it might just be a 1% improvement, but over time it becomes a mighty change of heart, you know? And when you live there and you know the Lord and you, and you're humble. Then others, you can start viewing others as yourself on the same journey that you're on. Even though you have different flavors of issues and strengths and problems and temptations, we all just, it's not the same, you know, and we all deal with things differently. Then you will have charity and be able to have that patience and that understanding where you see things as they really are. You know, and then you can make those decisions like this is time to cut off ties. This is time to be more patient. This is, you know, the. and I think, I don't know, I'm just becoming a lot more aware of how much good intentions require good timing and good timing requires faith and faith and commitment require humility, you know, and all of these things kind of play on each other. To help us improve and grow, and be in situations where we can give other people the benefit of the doubt, or we can protect ourselves from becoming bitter and and kind of callous, you know, to things. Um, you know, that one of the one of the downsides of technology is you can learn and experience many things, but also become callous because you're separated from those things. You know, you can learn about a lot of things, and so. Humility, I think, it's a way that we we stay grounded and continue not to become callous.
0: And recognizing, in in you know, take tithing for instance, we can talk about tithing in terms of well, you got to pay tithing in order to go to the temple, and you got to pay tithing in order to be worthy of your priesthood, and you got to pay tithing in order to da 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 da. But it's like, yeah, that that that's all true, but why do you pay tithing really? Is it just so that you can get access? Because that's a membership fee right? If you're looking at it that way, then it's a membership fee. And I don't think the Lord wants us to look at it that way. I think the Lord wants us to look at it as you're being humble, you're being obedient, you're following the commandment. And that's what gives you access. It's not the money that gives you access. It's your obedience, your humility to follow a commandment. And that goes for every commandment, right? It's it's about being humble enough to follow and to be obedient and to not say, well, I don't need to do that. I'm I'm different, right? To say, okay, yeah, well, I don't really understand maybe how this always works, or I don't understand how this uh, benefits. You know, the, the the argument that I always hear from people who are kind of uh, intimidated by tithing or, or even against it is, you know, the church doesn't need your money. They have they have their own finances and da da. da. I'm like, yeah, that's true. The church probably doesn't need at this point. Maybe in Joseph Smith's time, it definitely did. Um, at this point, maybe not. But at the same time, that's not really what the principle is about. It's not about paying the membership fee. It's about, here's the here's what your blessings are. Here's how you're able to provide for yourself and your family. The Lord is asking for 10% of that in order to um, carry out the mission of the church. And you can say, well, they should just fund all of the mission of the church with their investments, right? But that's not what it's about. It's about humility and obedience. And that's the principle underlying tithing in the first place. Are you going to be humble enough to part with 10% of your income. Yeah,
1: you know, I thought it was interesting that they talked in conference about how this last year, uh, donations w- went up, you yeah. know, and it's kind of like a testimony that, that keeping the commandments leads to prospering in the land. Right. Um, and as you prosper in the land, then you want to help others, you know, I was curious about that, but since COVID pandemic, we have announced more temples (laughs) than I think any other two or any other four general purposes, right? Um, Which is interesting.
0: Let us be awake and not be weary of well doing, for we are laying the foundation of a great work, even preparing for the return of the Savior. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the covenant path back home to our heavenly parents and be with those we love. He invites us to come follow me.